The UPMC sports medicine experts in Central PA are here to help keep you in the game and improve your quality of life, no matter your age or activity level. Visit upmc.com slash centralpa sportsmed to learn more. All right, hopefully the Triple fans completely out of your system. And you're back on full film as we uh, barrel into the state semifinals in PA high school football. Welcome in all the gridiron fans out there. You have found PA high school football report podcast. Eric Epler here alongside a longtime colleague now. He's been with us for a while now, so I could say that. Dan Sostick. Dan, I am very intrigued uh, to know how your, uh, how your Thanksgiving day turned out. Oh, I mean, my mom does everything. She doesn't let anyone else touch anything. You try to help. You say, hey, mom, do you need a hand? She's like, just get out of my way. Get out of my way. Um, and it usually turns out pretty well. So I uh, went back to suburban Philadelphia for that one. Uh, had my, I'm always, I'm, I'm one of the rare turkeys, the number one item guy. Like that's, that's what I'm most excited for. So I, I enjoyed my big drumstick and uh, watched my Patriots not be able to stop Kirk Cousins. So. It was uh, good until then. Yeah, Kurt was a good uh, start on my fantasy team, by the way. All right, so we, of course, are powered by Live, and it is exciting times here. Three-day championship week uh, is literally right around the corner. Uh, but first, we must discuss the semifinal matchups, uh, perhaps throw a few picks and predictions out there as well. And uh, the more uh, better part of our podcast is we have another special guest with us uh, today, and we're going to go right there. This gentleman... And I need to call him that because he has been so very generous uh, to all of us at Penn Live and the Patriot News through the years. He's literally the voice of the Bishop McDevitt Crusaders. Now, uh, Mr. Rob Puglis is here to help us and give us a, maybe a little insight, maybe some behind the curtain stuff, uh, information on the number two ranked program in Class 4A. Rob, welcome to the show and thank you again for giving us a few minutes of your time. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, absolutely. Uh, Pleasure to be on with you, App. Uh, I love reading you guys and reading your work and everything you do. Of course, um, for so many years, and uh, now that now that you're the dean of this whole thing, thank, thank you for thinking no of me. I always tell people, when people say that to me, I always say yes. I've been called worse, so <laughs> I do not mind at all. Uh, first, Rob, obviously being a McDevitt alum, uh, when did this sort of passion for football sort of just kind of take hold? I know you've been at it for a long time almost probably as long as I've been uh, uh, working the beat. Well, probably about the same time you and I uh, were together at the Patriot News back on Market Street. Um, I see Dan Sostek's got his Pitt Panther hat on. So when I graduated from Pitt, came back to Harrisburg and was with you working for Nick Horvath down at the Patriot, uh, same time linked up with four Chapman and started helping him out with the program, with his program, with, you know, doing stats for him, other assorted administrative things. And uh, it just went on from there. And then when um, Coach Wechter took over in 98, um, same thing, you know, after a few years, kind of took a little bit of a hiatus. But 2005, when Tommy Mealy got the athletic director job is when I came back to the program officially. And I've been at it consistently ever since. And you know, doing the stats with them, um, doing a little bit of radio stuff, some streaming stuff. And, and as you alluded to now, doing some public. Yeah, you um, obviously you, you and I are old enough to remember uh, the likes of Ricky Waters and Jimmy Bryant. 
uh, Borowski. Who else am I missing? Shady, of course. Uh, Shane Devan. Of course, guys yeah. like guys with those names up through oh, the yeah. system all the way. Pretty much from like 83 or 84 is when, you know, I was a youngster, started to kind of follow the team before I got to McDevitt. Um, is there one guy, is there one guy, I know I'm putting you on the spot, but is there one guy that you really enjoyed just watching? Uh, I don't want to say more, more than the others, but, but just, you know, you could have watched this guy every, every Saturday morning at 1030 AM. Uh, cause that was the, obviously the time that we used to play, um, growing up through the system. So is there one guy that you really, really enjoyed playing, watching to play? Well, you already named a couple of them. I mean, you know, Ricky and Shady. I mean, because just like you, that was when I first really got into McDevitt football, um, you know, when Ricky Waters was there. And and Shady, that's an easy answer because he was a highlight waiting to happen every single play. But, um, you know, I'd also have Mm -hmm. to say Matt Johnson, um, you know, from the quarterback position, you know, it was always exciting every week to see what Matt was going to cook up and, and watch him progress as a quarterback every week. Well, Rob, I mean, we talk about the old stars. There are a lot of guys on this, uh, the team this year that I feel like people will be saying, you know, the same thing about in 20, 30 years. Um, and I think maybe one of the first guys you kind of think of is Stone Saunders. We had him on, um, Nebby and I spoke with him on our pod uh, earlier this week. How, how impressed have you been with this kid? I mean, you talk to this kid, he sounds like a, seasoned NFL veteran in terms of press savviness, in terms of the ability to, you know, answer questions, do interviews. And then you watch him on the field and he looks like a veteran as well. And it's like, it's easy to forget the kids just, you know, a sophomore in high school. How impressed have you been kind of inside the program seeing what Stone has been able to do in just two years as a quarterback? Stone absolutely just wows you in every way. I think you nailed it, Dan. It's not just, the physical ability, you know, it's not just his ability to spin the football. It's just everything about his persona, the way he carries himself. And, you know, Stone's one of those kids that you heard about long before he got to Bishop McDevitt, you know, in in the modern day and age of, you know, hearing about these up and coming kids earlier and earlier, he came in with all sorts of expectations. And even as a freshman, uh, as you guys saw, he really met them. And then some um, this year, He's obviously gotten even better as a passer, as a quarterback. But what really uh, is tremendous about his game this year and what really just is impressive off the charts, impressive is, you know, I would say some of the cerebral elements of his game and just the way that he picks up all the intricacies of Jeff Wechter's offense uh, and is able to run it, you know, like a seasoned veteran as a sophomore and, and may always make the right reads, you know, things like RPOs coming up to the line of scrimmage and, you know, making a check, you know, figuring out something better to get into based on the defense, just stuff that you just don't normally see from high school quarterbacks at all, much less sophomores. And I mean, in general, you know, McDevitt, everyone expected this team to be really good, but has there been either a player, I mean, a player, a kind of just maybe just a thing about the team that's really kind of caught you by surprise. I know there are a couple that, are kind of a little bit low hanging fruit of, you know, people didn't expect these guys to emerge and they did. Is anything kind of been surprising to you this year? Uh, I would say the defense overall. And again, that's not taking anything away from the 2021 defense because both of you saw them plenty of times and saw how 
dominant they could be and just what game records they were. Uh, but that being said, you know, you're missing a few pieces off of that defense. You know, off the top of my head, you think about Ryan Russo at Rutgers now and Bryce Enders had a heck of a year last year, uh, Jamani George Heron. But this defense has done what last year's done and, and taken it up another level, I believe. Um, not just with the statistics, but just the way that they play uh, at all three levels, the defensive line, the linebacking core, and the secondary. Uh, the, the speed uh, of, of the 11 of them as a unit, the team speed on that defense, I think is probably the, it's probably the fastest defense McDevitt's ever had. And uh, then, you know, when you've got that element combined with an all-state defensive tackle and Riley Rebell, uh, a kid like Cade Werner, uh, who's, in my opinion, having an all-state season at linebacker and some physical press coverage corners. I mean, it, there's really – you hate to even start naming guys because as a unit, they've just wowed from day one and, and they're getting better and peaking at the right time. That's what I was going to ask you, Rob. That was my next question about the, about the speed of this defense. You almost, it almost seems like you forget the secondary because they don't get a lot of chances to shine because obviously the opponent's backfield is running for their life most of the time. Or, you know, guys like Warner are obviously putting, you know, putting a pace on them and, and dropping them for TFL. So it almost seems like we, we almost forget that this is, I mean, as a collective, this is, this is a fantastic secondary. I mean, just unbelievable. And the speed is remarkable to me. And we don't get to, we, we don't get to see it a lot. I mean, is that, is that accurate to say? It's like, I mean, we've almost, I don't want to say we've forgotten the secondary because obviously Rawlinson, he's making big plays, but um, the other guys were just tremendous too. Well, yeah, I mean, from day one down at Chambersburg in that Imhotep game, you know, you saw Jair Rollison score a defensive touchdown, almost score two in that game, and he's just hasn't missed a beat since. But, you know, Tyshawn Russell's gotten a lot of attention this year as a wide receiver because that's been something we hadn't seen until this year. But, you know, he kind of, you know, made his bones, so to speak, as a, as a press corner, as a cover corner, and he's still doing his thing there. And then you've got um, Nevin Hopkins and Chase Regan at safety, really, really playing good football. Uh, I think it's easy to forget, you know, last year McDevitt was pretty fortunate with injuries and making it the whole way, you know, that stayed final. But, but the one key injury that they did have that I believe hurt them in that Aliquippa game was not having Nevin Hopkins. Um, and now he's back. He's healthy. It's safety. Um, he's a ball hawk. He's physical. He has corner skills at safety. So that's just another element to it. And you're right, Ep. I mean, most teams aren't going to test them. I was really curious to see about Mannheim Central. They had very accomplished numbers uh, in their passing game. They had two receivers with, you know, well over 40 catches. They had a big play guy in uh, Aaron Enterline and uh, Tyshawn Russell and Jair Rollison were up to the task. In fact, you know, that pick six uh, from Rollison really – turned that game in a hurry. Not that, not that McDevitt wasn't already in good shape, but it was only six, nothing at the time. And boom, 67 yards later, it was 13, nothing. Yeah. I was, uh, my last question for you, Rob is, is how often, I know you're not around the team 24 seven, but how often does the word Aliquippa come up for these guys? I would venture to say, uh, even without being around all the time, I think, uh, People are thinking about it quite a bit. And I know that, you know, privately and, and you've heard even Coach Wechter publicly say to you guys and say it in other 
in other public, uh, you know, other media appearances this year. I mean, that's the goal. And they've been very good about balancing the line of one day, one day at a time, one game at a time, get through this week. But also it's, it's just always been there. Um, it's always been in the back of everyone's mind and it's getting closer and closer. Um, I know a lot of people are asking, you know, if, if that's really going to come to fruition, well, now both teams only have to win one game. And I think it's been uh, for some of these senior leaders on this team, it's definitely been on their minds. There's no question about it. Well, first things first, the Devitt's got to get by Crestwood in the state semifinals to reach, uh, to reach coming the Valley. Rob Pugliese, voice of Bishop McDevitt. Thank you so much for giving us a little bit of your time and insight. Uh, you and the entire booth do a tremendous job every week. And thanks for always taking care of us uh, fumbling media types. Uh, there's a lot of guys out there that, that need the help. Dan does it. I do. but not a lot. I'm, a, I'm a pick grad. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> That's absolutely right. Well, I, I appreciate you having me on. I, I'm, I enjoy talking with you guys. It's always good to catch up. And, and you always know that uh, anything you need, you just let me know. Sounds great, bud. All right, when we come back, Jim and I are going to run through the state semifinal matchups, maybe pick a few winners as well. This is the PA High School Football Report podcast. The UPMC sports medicine experts in Central PA are here to help keep you in the game and improve your quality of life, no matter your age or activity level. Visit upmc.com slash centralpa sports med to learn more. All right, we're back here with PA High School Football Report podcast. Again, we want to thank Rob Pugliese, the voice of Bishop McDevitt football, for giving us uh, some of his time. It is a, an exciting time, obviously, for the Crusaders and a couple other mid-pen programs, too. we got a couple upstarts knocking at the door, uh, a la Trinity, the Trinity Shamrocks. And, um, of course, Harrisburg Cougars got a big semifinal coming up. And, of course, the Steel High Rollers in single A, also in the state semifinals. Dan, you and I are going to start in 6A, and we're just going to plow through a couple of these, uh, a couple of these semifinal matchups here and, uh, and get your quick thoughts on them. All right. So 6A, uh, the Big Bad Wolf, obviously, is still hanging around. That'd be St. Joe's Prep at 10-1. and 1. They're going to take on Garnet Valley, um, the second-ranked team in 6A, 13-0 uh, for Garnet Valley. That game is Saturday. Um, what do you like about this one? Well, when I was a little kid and I would open up the newspaper section and I would see, you know, college football lines and one team had one loss and one team was undefeated and the team with one loss would have a, would be, you know, favored. I would get really confused. Ask my dad, you know, one team's undefeated. One team's not. Why is, why is this team favored? Cause you'd think if you lose, I little kid, little kid didn't understand, you know, right. <laughs> that type of stuff. And uh, so I'd be kind of confused if I heard someone talking about this game and saw an unbeaten Garnet Valley team and you open up, even open up the PIA um, page and it says one, one, you're like, wow, the number one overall team, but that's not what that means. Obviously taken on St. Joe's prep. I mean, this St. Joe's prep team, if, if, if you're surprised that a St. Joe's prep team is loaded, I mean, You've probably been in a coma for however many years. Uh, I, I think it, uh, as good as Garnet Valley is, I think it's going to take not a miracle because they're a good team and you don't, you don't get the 13-0 at this point in the year by accident. But, man, that St. Joe's prep team is – they're just loaded. I mean, Samaj Jones at quarterback, they've just got so many weapons um, and they've been here before. 
I, it just feels like they're, they've got a date in, um, in Mechanicsburg coming up. Yeah, it's just a different animal. It, it really is. I mean, you mentioned Samaj Jones. It's so easy to, to, to target that guy and the versatility, versatility brings. But supporting cast is just, you know, name after name after name. And, and, and depending on what year they are, obviously, you know, Kasim Phillips has been good at running back. Sanchez has been good there. And then you look at, you know, the receivers are always talented uh, at Saint, for the Hawks. And then you're looking at the defense and, you know, you talk about Anthony Saka first because you should, yeah. um, you know, as a sophomore. And I don't know how many offers he has, but it's, you know, if you're part of the, uh, you know, uh, college football playoff sort of landscape, uh, he's got an offer from you. And, and obviously Trotter, too, being the West Virginia pledge, on that defensive side, you've got to defeat the players, which is hard enough, but you've also got to defeat the name, yeah. uh, you know, and their only loss this year came early uh, to St. Thomas Aquinas, who's obviously nationally ranked. That game was on ESPN. So they seem to be able to sort of twist and muscle you up when needed. Uh, they've had some games that maybe were a little closer than you thought they might be. But it, it always seems like it's just part of the master plan there just to kind of conserve energy. And when you need to explode, you explode. And and, and I agree. Garnick Valley, I don't think Garnick Valley is going to run away from this team. I, I don't. I think that they're that good. They're that strong up front, too. Uh, but again, it's St. Joe's prep. And they're, and they're going to be angry that they didn't win last year as well. Yeah. Until, I mean, until you see it sort of go sideways. Um, which we haven't seen a lot in the past. Well, I guess it's going on ten years now. Yeah, you know, uh, nine nine years maybe. Uh, it's just a, it's just a really really tough sell. So okay, uh, other semifinal matchup. We uh, obviously Harrisburg ten and two uh, against State College. This is Saturday uh, at the the old Boneyard, the Ravens Den, Mansion Park, and Altoona. Uh, we've played this game before. Uh, it was about five or six weeks ago, a 20 to six victory for state college. Harrisburg was a wee bit shorthanded for this one, but, um, I, man, this one, I, this one is so intriguing to me as a rematch. I don't know where, I don't know where I'm going with this one. Yeah. Well, I think everyone's going to point to, you know, the last matchup Harrisburg didn't have quarterback Sean Lee and that's a big deal, but I'll tell you, you know what else they didn't have? They didn't have Terrell Reynolds playing on out of his absolute. They had Terrell Reynolds, but they did not have the Terrell Reynolds we're seeing right now, which is the most unblockable player maybe in the maybe the most unblockable pass rusher in the state right now. He's got ten sacks in three postseason games. That is a number that you know some defense fans might like aspire to for their entire high school career. He's done in three playoff games. He is just destroying teams. And um, State College has got a good line. The Dinchers are going to the Dinchers are going um, to be up for the task. But one thing that Harrisburg's been really good about, especially recently, it's starting the Wilson game. They're moving Terrell Reynolds around. They're trying to find the weak spots on the line, getting him the matchup, and he is just wreaking havoc. And it's not just the same type of sacks. He's he's chasing guys down. He's blindside hitting guys. It's it's everything. He's defending the run. He's even playing some blocking tight end. Uh, set up a big run against Mannheim. Um, I think he's, I really think he's the key to what they do. I, Cause I mean, I think at the end of the day, if Harrisburg is going to win a state title, it's going to be because their defense is the best in six a. Um, and I think he, I think, I think that him along with Sean Lee is going to make a big impact, but 
man, that state college win over North Allegheny is pretty, pretty darn impressive. And that may, that, that makes you second guess everything I just said a little bit. That's the key. That's the thing. Like, you know, I'm not, yeah, you're right. You, you don't worry about Harrisburg's defense, but I, I'm worried about their offense yeah. against state college. I mean, you know, and I, I'm not, obviously Kyle Wins has been really good and, and, and Sean Lee under center makes that a, a much different offense um, at Harrisburg because of his ability to run the ball too. And, uh, you know, Sean Lee's not a big guy, but he runs hard. Yeah. And he, he doesn't shy away from contact either. <laughs> so, you know, I, but it just, you know, if you get a little weather too, maybe it takes away, you know, a couple of those vertical cracks that maybe Harrisburg wants to try with Elias Coke outside. Why wouldn't you want to try a couple to kind of soften that defense up? But, uh, man, this thing, that, that, the victory, coming off the victory over McDowell, that just zapping, 57 to 50 monstrosity that it was that you figure would have zapped all this energy away from state college. And then they turn right around six days later and hammer North Allegheny 28, seven. So that to me is, is the most impressive thing rolling into this. And I'd put one in one, a would be Reynolds. <laughs> I, I, I think because you're right. He's right now. He's unblockable. Yeah. He it's, yeah. And I, I think whoever wins this game, is going to be well, at least at the very least, well equipped to kind of give give St. Joe's prep, assuming they win or Garner Valley. I think they'll be well equipped to at least give them a you know a run for their money because they're they it, it'll either be a state college team that's beaten a really good Harrisburg team twice, a North Allegheny team, a McDowell team that that tells you all you need to know, or will be a Harrisburg team that overcame an early season loss to state college an early season loss to Mannheim township and completely flipped the script on those. And is a completely different team at the beginning of the year and is now playing its best football with plenty of talent. Um, I, I think that we're, I think the six, eight championship game is going to be a, an appointment viewing uh, contest, no matter who it is. Yep. All right. Let's slide to five, a real quick. We'll speed things up a little bit here. Upper Dublin and Imhotep charter on the Eastern half of the bracket. State semifinal, and of course on the West we got Pine Ridge and our and our District Three Five A champ Cocalico. Whoever saw that one coming probably gets at least I would say at least twenty twenty five to one. Maybe Biff Tannen. Biff Tannen might have seen it coming. Yeah, maybe. But yeah. you know, we we said in the preseason too, Dan. I mean, Five A was going to be the most difficult thing to sort of difficult class to handicap, and that's really held up aside from the Motep Charter, really. Uh, you know, Upper Dublin was a team that we thought would be there. They've been ranked number one in my rankings probably for the last six, seven weeks uh, of the season. They've tremendous. They're unbeaten. Uh, but Cocalico just comes in. They pull off one shocker after another in the D3 playoffs. The latest was, I mean, torching Exeter Township uh, by 20 points in the D3 title game last week. This is, I mean, this is an Eagles team that handed, you know, were handed four losses in a six-week stretch during the regular season. Now, all to good teams, including why I'm missing uh, the three, a number one, um, you know, and previously ranked teams like Lamprey and Strasburg, man, up central, which we talked about a little bit uh, with Rob. Now, I mean, now you see a 32, eight over Solanco. And then of course the big win against Exeter. I mean, that's dealing and that's dealing with the veer. When yeah. do we get, when do we get a chance to say that? I mean, Josh Meyer has been great running the veer uh, long enough at their wide receiver has been uh, been great too and you know coach stroll deserves a lot of credit and you know we were we were late to the, i mean admittingly we were late to this party uh by weeks uh the cocalico so 
congratulations to them. I, I'm, I'm not, I mean, I'm not putting it past them to, to beat Pine Richland, uh, to be honest with you. I know that's the Whitfield champ, but Kokalco uh, uh, doesn't seem to give a damn. Yeah, it's like when an NHL playoff team's got a hot goalie or something like that. Sometimes you just yeah. can't stop the momentum. Or, or one of those um, March Madness teams that just keeps seems to keep, you know, hitting 33s after shooting 20% for the season. They're they're just on fire right now. Pine Redstone's a really good team. The really good line. I mean, Jalen Clem, we know how good he is. Mm-hmm. Um, but so uh, I I still will probably favor Pine Richland just because you always sort of defer to that whippy old that whippy old champ. They're usually right. they're the I think last year didn't um, we had what five or six Whippeal teams in the state championships. You got to get a couple in there. I think this year, um, I think Pine Ridgeland's got a decent shot. Um, but yeah, the story here is Imatep. I feel like it's uh, they're just they're like uh, like St. Joe's Prep. That team's completely loaded. Yep. All right, Class Four A, Dan. We talked about McDevitt's uh, matchup with Crestwood uh, Friday night at Exeter Township uh, District Two Champs, thirteen and one. The other half is one that I would like to see if I did not, if I had a Friday off, which we do, which we don't. But I would go see Allentown Central Catholic and Aliquippa at Ball Eagle High School because you know we talked earlier about ACC. I think a, I think hands down they've had the toughest schedule in the state, um, and you get beat up in that East EPC uh, a lot because you're playing bigger teams, and uh, ACC just kind of hung in there. You know, stay relatively healthy, and boom, here they are in the state semifinals. So, again, different animal without Equipa. I think the Quips obviously are destined to to make it back to the championship round um, to defend their title. But uh, but that should be a whale of a ball game. ACC's if they're going to go down, they're going to go down swinging. Um, you know, Quip may be maybe a two three touchdown you know favorite in that game. But uh, again, ACC the Vikings aren't going to care. <laughs> they just aren't. Yeah, the Allentown's not going to care, but I also I, Aliquippa does not strike me as the type of program no. that that gets caught up in its own britches. I think they're they're ready to roll. They I I think that they probably they're the type of team that has enough of a chip on their shoulder even after winning a state title that I I don't think they overlook anyone. And um, so, but you said it, Allentown's deserves to be here, and that win last week against Meadville was impressive. Yep, absolutely. All right, 3A real quick, Newman Goretti versus Wyatt Missing. Uh, that is one versus uh, four. Uh, going into that one, Wyatt Missing, obviously undefeated. Big, 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 big scare last week against Danville. Uh, field goal was just wide. And I mean, just wide. I'd be, I've been told by no less than 700 people since that field goal that it was inches at inches. Just like, okay, I get it. I understand. Anyway, why I'm missing survives. Danville is a whale of a football team. I mean, I think we knew that was going to be fairly, fairly close. Uh, on the other side, Bell Vernon against Central. Central was sort of a team that was sort of just meandering through the season, had a nice, nice couple of wins, and then all of a sudden come postseason now, boom, they're 12-2 and two in the state semifinals. The key for me is uh, obviously Newman Gretti. They actually won a Thanksgiving Day game uh, versus South Philadelphia and turn right around. And knocked off a pretty good Northwestern Lehigh squad. Um, you know, the one bad loss I think was was, was to Conwell Egan. I think it was week six or seven, uh, and that sort of dropped the Saints out of the out of my top ten. And here they are, with just knocking and knocking and knocking. And boy, did they get they got two wins in thirty six hours, and uh, now they're in the state semi. So good for them. Good for them. 
Yep. Yeah, I mean, we're going to learn if the why missing game. I think a lot of people thought they were just kind of, you know, waltz through the playoffs a little yeah. bit. Get back. Are we going to – is this Danville game, which, I mean, again, Danville's a great team. Is it the yeah. symptom of, you know, a flawed team maybe, or is it, you know, something that wakes them up a little bit and then kind of now they start playing – they kind of thought they were going to, you know, waltz through a little, and then now they're kind of a little more focused. But Newman Garetti – we know we know that program's always going to have some talent, always going to have some yeah. guys ready to go to war. And the issue is just you never know. That a lot of these teams don't face an offense like why I miss it. Like it's really tough to prepare for that in a week. Uh, just one reason I think they've had a decent amount of success. In the, well, not the reason, but it, it helps. You know, it's tough to prepare for a wing, wing T offense in one week if you don't see it. Um, and Belvern, I mean, Belvern and Central, just uh, excited to see Quinn Martin go up against this defense. One of the most dynamic players in the state. Uh, should be a big-time game. Class 2A, here we go. Eastern half. Southern Columbia. We haven't said that name before when it comes to state semifinals, have we? No. Well, we haven't said Trinity. <laughs> Trinity against Southern Columbia in the Class 2A state semifinals. This is phenomenal looking on paper. And, uh, you know, if you're uh, obviously if you're a mid pen fan, you have to love this matchup. I know the Tigers just couldn't help themselves then. The tr- I mean, the truth is, despite the long history, Southern really had to fall out of the top 10 uh, midway through the season. They lost the Loyal Sock. They lost to Danville. They lost to Mount Carmel, you know, over a six week stretch. And once they avenged that loss to Mount Carmel in the D4 2A title game, you could just. You could have just marked it down that Bishop Guilford was in serious trouble last week. It's just, again, it's the history, it's everything, and it's playoff time, and that means Southern Columbia is there. And uh, here they are again with with three losses. It's been a long time since they made a state semifinal with three losses. Probably that's actually probably never happened. Yeah, I have to go back and look at that. But um, but what do you like about Trinity's chances here? Well, or do this you? Is, this is about as about different of a level of experience, recent experience um, at this point of the season as you could maybe possibly get. We've got a Trini program. It's about as far as it's ever been going up against Southern Columbia. Who, this is basically like playing a preseason football game to them at this point. They're, they 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 play semifinal state um, football games in March. <laughs> they might yes. as well. They play so many of them. Um, but – Trinity's got Trinity's got a shot. The executive education win was an impressive win because that team was good. That was a real that Raptors team. I just want to say Raptors again. It was a really good team. Um, and it's again one of those things. Both these teams are now playing their best football. Um, and that that tends to be what you see, right? I mean, I guess granted, you gotta be on a pretty long win streak to get here. So right, right. most of these teams are, but it's also the way they're playing, who they're playing. Um, I think it'll be a great game. I think imagine the story of Trinity kind of to be the best. You got to beat the best. It would be a pretty poetic way, um, pretty poetic way for the season. End. And on the bottom of the bracket too, some pretty darn good game as well. Steel Valley <laughs> against Westinghouse Westinghouse with the win over steel high this year. Um, Keyshawn Marcella is one of the most underrated quarterbacks, I think in the state, maybe the most underrated quarterback. In the state. I don't know how he doesn't have a bigger offer sheet than he does going against an unbeaten steel Valley team. I know they've, I know one of their corners, uh, Chris Brookins, just got a pit offer. Uh, so he'll probably try to parlay that into a state championship game appearance as well. Yep. Um, to, but 
that's a that's a really fun matchup that I I have no idea who I'm going to pick in that game. I have to I have to look at the line what the line you set for that one. Yeah, that's an absolute great class two A. The semifinal is 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 pretty. They're pretty cool. Yeah, there's two really cool matchups there. Yeah. All right, last but not least, uh, class one A uh, rollers have rollers have been in this situation before a bunch of times. Obviously, they take on Canton area. Uh, who was my top ranked team? Uh, Steel High, of course, number two, uh, both twelve and one on the year uh, in the um, in the eastern half. Union area, uh, surprising Whippeal champion uh, against Port Allegheny uh, from District Nine, uh, twelve and one. That's the western half. But let's uh, let's focus on the rollers real quick before we leave. Uh, rollers can. What do you like? I like that Steel High was able to overcome what could have been, you know. A loss that would uh, sit with, you know, Alex Irby and those guys probably their whole lives if they had lost that Northern Lehigh game going, basically scoring a touchdown to go up by eight with two minutes left when it uh, kind of seems like Northern Lehigh let them score only to tie, let the game tie up. But man, Irby, that's a big response by them to score a game winning touchdown with four seconds left. Um, I feel like that's some momentum that will carry over. But I mean, this Cannon team, they're. They're top. They're they're a top dog for a reason. They're they're can they've been playing some really good defense. Their offense is explosive. Um, I I just think this is going to be. It's hard to say it's going to be the toughest game Steel Eyes play because they just played a forty two thirty five game. They've had a couple other seven point games, but this might be the um, this might be the biggest test Steel Eyes faced in a long time. I think so. Um, yeah, I agree with you. Obviously, Northern Lee, I pushed pushed the rollers to the very very brink. Uh, the fact that they did come out of there with a W uh, says a lot. Not only not only the talent, you know, of of Irby hitting Perry there for an unbelievable touchdown, twenty yard touchdown uh, completion. The way the ball was delivered, the way it was caught, uh, coming down just in just in bounds at that period of time. Uh, that's one thing. But just you know, playing the mental game too has has really impressed me with Steel High. And obviously, Alex Irby is a smart quarterback. Um, but that, that was impressive that, you know, in years past, that might've been a game was sort of as North, you know, Northern Lehigh came back, let them score, got the touchdown, got the two point conversion, tied them up, take them, you know, to, to, to kind of produce that final scene. Uh, that might've been a game that still high would have, would have coughed up, Mm -hmm. you know, it would have just, the the momentum was obviously on Northern Lehigh's side. At that point, and um, you know, still high might have shied away from that. Now they're gravitating to it; they're pushing themselves, and it's not just Irby; it's the entire it's the entire squad. Um, they, I, I'm daring if I say they enjoy moments like that because they didn't get a lot of those moments during the regular season, you know. So, um, so that's impressive to me about this Steel High team, and of course, Ronald Burnett, you know, obviously just coming out at this at the absolute perfect time against Trinity. And now he's, you know, he's still sort of fresh. You know, his legs are still sort of fresh. He really, you know, Trinity was only five, six weeks ago. Um, so that's a I think that's a big, big standard for them and a big, big uh plus for them for the rollers too. So yeah, I I mean to me this is the state championship game. I'm just gonna say it. Uh, I I nothing against Union and Port Allegheny. But these, these, I believe, are the two best teams. So it's going to be a whale of a ball game. A whale of a ball game. Yeah, we might, we might be pretty busy uh, for Cumberland Valley week. Uh, we might have some representatives. That, well, we're definitely going to have at least one from the mid-10. But 
yeah, yeah, I think I think we'll be extremely busy. Yeah, looking yeah. forward to it. At least, not, at least, at least we're looking forward to it. Absolutely. At least basketball's not starting. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right, that'll do it for this edition of PA High School Football Report. I want to thank my colleague Dan Sostick and, of course, Mr. Rob Pugliese for joining us early in the show. Catch all our shows archived, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you download your podcasts. And, of course, we're not going to watch my final football. Uh, be careful driving, and we'll talk to you guys next week. The UPMC sports medicine experts in Central PA are here to help keep you in the game and improve your quality of life, no matter your age or activity level. Visit upmc.com slash Central PA sports med to learn more.